Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My guest today is Carol Kivler. Carol is an expert, I would say, on mental health and especially some of the secrets or strategies for recovery from mental illness or mental health problems. And I am thrilled that uh, you are with me today. Carol, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Carol, you've done a lot of work uh, in this area of mental health. And this is something that we have in common, obviously, as a psychologist. I've had some exposure to that stuff as well. Tell us, at least briefly, about your experience and what led you in this direction. I know you've got some personal uh, connections to this as well. What can you share with us? Yeah, I'll do the short version here. Okay. So uh, I was um, a part-time college professor when uh, depression and anxiety brought me to my knees and changed my life forever. Um, mm. I had my first psychotic psychotic break in 1990, which led me to be hospitalized for 38 days in a mental health in, um, facility. Mm-hmm. And I was medication resistant. So they wanted to try a different treatment option. And that was electroconvulsive therapy, better known as shock therapy. Shock therapy, right. Shock therapy. And shock therapy became my silver bullet. It brought me back to life and gave me a life that I could go on and thrive again. Wow. I'd like to tell you the only time that that happened, but three additional times uh, in the 90s, I was hospitalized for three additional episodes with more shock treatment and uh, more hot stays in, in mental health facilities. And so um, I decided that uh, the, I was a professional speaker prior to all of this happening. And so I decided that I was going to spend some time as a mental health advocate and, uh, and a patient advocate to go into various settings to let uh, mental health care professionals know what the patient needs and how you can communicate to me in a way that not only will I understand, but that it will provide hope that I can get better. Uh, that hope is so crucial, mm-hmm. it, especially when you're, when you're engulfed in this, this depression. It can be so um, captivating, maybe is a good word for that. You feel trapped, mm-hmm. really. Well, it's all consuming. You know, you're right. isolated. You're hopeless to begin with. And so um, I wanted I wanted the doctors and the, and the nurses and, and the social workers to recognize that we can get well. Now, it's not curable. Mm. Mental health disorders are not curable, but you can get well and maintain a lifestyle that allows you to be productive and successful and happy. And so yeah. I, I went at this really saying, listen, you plant seeds of limitations and and failure instead of hope and possibility. And so um, 
I think my messages need to be needed to be heard. Right. Not only by mental health care professionals, but by patients who really give up hope because of this hopeless disease. And um, they they feel like damaged goods. And uh, mm. it, it's just there. It's what they have to live with. Almost as if they're consigned to a, a state of misery forever. Yeah. So your message is one of hope and possibilities and control. Now, that's an interesting subject, isn't it? Because some things you control and other things you don't. But I think that this is one of the things you advocate is get clear about what you do control right. and pay attention to that. Yeah. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing all of your energy on being sick? Or are you focusing all your energy in, get, in getting to a period of wellness? And, and until I did that personally, I can tell you, Dr. Paul, that when I, because they planned in my, in the, my head that I'd be sick for the rest of my life and that I would mm. have periodically have um, episodes of depression, that I worried so much about the depression coming back that I didn't live the days that I had. That I was oh, ill. right. Which is where anxiety starts to rear its ugly head as well. You bet, because you worry. That's that yeah. worry. And I was so worried about coming back that I was always looking behind myself. Is it coming? Is it coming? Mm -hmm. Rather than looking forward and enjoying where I was in the moment. Carol, this is important work that you've embarked on. And this this really, um, from what I'm hearing from you, this came up for you after you had established yourself in a career, in a profession. Um, I believe you said you were, uh, maybe you didn't say this, but I read it in your book that you were in your 40s. Yeah, I was 40 years old when I became ill. Yes. Wow. Which, which might surprise some of our listeners. The thing that strikes me about that is here, here is a competent, powerful, professional woman who this thing just kind of jumped on you. Yeah. yeah, and it's sometimes we feel we feel guilty or responsible that you know we've got this depression going on, and I think that you're doing a lot, Carol, to lift some of the taboos off of that. Let's talk about it. There are things that we can do about it, and it's a voice of hope. So thank you for your courageous work in that area. Well, it's it's my divine appointment, Doctor Paul. It's my divine appointment. It's my purpose. That on this serve. Yeah. There are reasons why we have the experiences that we do. Mm -hmm. And why not you? You've become a voice. <laughs> yeah. that cre That's kind of a weird question, huh? Why not you? Well, that was my question. Because I, I asked for a long time, I asked, why me? Why, why me? me? But then mm -hmm. I said, why not me? It's one in five adults. So why not me? Uh, who's more qualified than you to take this on? Well, I'm probably a lot more, a lot of other people <laughs> than I, but I, I took it on because it was well, placed out of my feet. And just that perspective, I think, changes the game. Because we get out of, the, I think you referred to the victim kind of a, a mindset, right. you know. We can break out of that and realize, okay. And if, in fact, you wrote a little book. And by little, I mean literally little. 
Um, you and I have both published through many book, right? Uh, little pocket-sized books that I think are fabulous. And yours is about yeah. the ABCs of recovery from mental illness, and the mm-hmm. A stands for acceptance. It's where okay. we start. It's where we start. And and I didn't accept my illness for a good eleven years. It took me eleven years to say, "Listen, Kibler, this is what you have. Grow up." and deal with it. And I stopped, I stopped being sick that day that I accepted my illness that I would deal with for the rest of my life. I turned a corner. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. That's almost paradoxical. You you stopped being sick when you accepted that you were. Yes. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Ah. Yeah. Because I said to myself, I, I'm, I, I, can't live like this. I can't, I can't, I'm not willing to give up my life to this illness. So mm-hmm. I will live with this illness. I will live with it. But this illness is not going to control everything I do or everything I achieve. And so I started living again. After 11 years of being diagnosed, I started living again. Wow. That there's something strangely empowering about the acceptance. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. If I think without the acceptance, you don't get anywhere, but you know what? In that little book, um, I have a recovery model. And one of the things mm-hmm. I talk about, you need to have self-awareness first, All right, This is where I am. This is, this is what's happening to me. Let me find out about this illness. Let me mm-hmm. get all the information that I need to understand what it is. All right. Right. Let me accept what this illness is, and then let me let me act on what I know now to keep me well. There's a a portion of this, as as we accept, that gives us some some level of power or control yes. over the thing. Instead of it driving us, it's like, oh, there's this thing in my life that I get to handle, deal with, uh, do something with this yes. thing. Um, and then (laughs) this is, this is another paradox perhaps, Carol, where as we accept that we don't have to buy into all of the the lore, you know, the traditions, maybe false traditions. Well, and buy into fear, Dr. Paul, buy into fear. Mm. When you fear something, it consumes you. And so I stopped right. buying, I, I didn't buy into fear and limitation anymore. I bought, a, I bought into hope and possibility. It's almost like you're saying, yes, mm-hmm. I have depression. Right. Now what? Exactly. <laughs> no, Instead of, oh, crap, my life's over. Or so what? So what? Does that mean that that's the, does that mean it defines my every waking moment? Absolutely not. You know what? It's so interesting to have this conversation with you today. Just yesterday here in my office, I was meeting with a client who is dealing with some issues that just have not gone away for him. He has dealt with these for years for most of his adult life and part of his adolescent life. And I asked him a question that was strangely liberating to him. I said, what if this is permanent. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just like you were describing, Carol. Somehow that idea, and he had feared that, but he hadn't really considered it. Right. What if it's permanent? Yeah, and you have to live with this the whole your whole life. What then? That's a really great question. What then? And it, it, it's empowering in the sense that, okay, well, if it is, am I willing to just continue to be consumed by or engulfed in this misery? Or can I say, yeah, this is what I've got and... Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue moving forward and living a joyful life. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you're saying, mm-hmm, just like, well, yeah, of course. Well, this only- is something you learned through your painful experience. I did. I learned through many, many, I lost a whole decade of my life. And I just said, you know, I, the, the best is yet to be for me. And so I, I gave I allowed, I, I feel like I allowed that illness to consume me for 10 years. Um, and I decided that I was not allowing it to consume me for another 10. And so I put into place um, strategies. So if and when I get, I get ill again, mm-hmm. that I know what to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Carol, I love where you're going with this. You have some strategies and ideas that I hope we can dig into a little bit in the second portion of our show today. Folks, this is Carol Kivler at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. You all know that I'm excited about positive psychology. Finally, there is an app that is available to help you feed your happy. My friend Scott Wilhite developed this app. Scott, tell us about it. Well, uh, it's called Feed Your Happy. It's like seven habits meets the Fitbit, where you get Mm, mental training on seven core skills to happiness, and you get the tracking ability too, so that you can chart. Anything you chart improves faster. If you like apps, if you like games, if you like happy, this is it. Feed Your Happy, it's available now in the App Store. And we're back. We've got Carol Kivler today at Live On Purpose Radio. Carol, you are providing some amazing resources here for our listeners through your story of recovery. I mentioned one of your books, the mini book, the ABCs of recovery from mental illness. You've published a few other books as well. Tell us about those and what what that resource is for our listeners. I have. Um, the, my first book, Will I Ever Be the Same Again? Transforming the Face of Shock Therapy. Ah, uh, yeah. I actually, I feel like shock therapy needs a rebranding. And the reason why is just the word shock therapy frightens people. And it frightened me when they brought mm-hmm. it up as a treatment option. So I wrote my experience with shock therapy, not, not telling people you should go out and ask for shock therapy, but set, telling people, if you have medication-resistant depression, you owe it to yourself to try a different treatment. And there are other treatment yes. options besides shock therapy. There's some transcranial magnetic stimulation. There are some other TMS. There are some other things. But I wanted to really, really um, transform the face of ECT. And so mm-hmm. in this book, I, I give you the experience of, of 
what I went through, but more importantly, I'm very proud that there is also a recovery model in there because I talk about recovery from the moment I speak to anybody about mental illness and saying, listen, you have an illness that you'll live with, but this is an illness that you, there's no cure, but you can live in recovery and recovery is learning to live with your illness. And right. so that's what that book is about. Now, it's, I just wanted to comment about that, Carol, because shock therapy sounds scary, but the full name doesn't sound any better. Electroconvulsive therapy. No, you, well, you're going into a grand mal seizure. This is what I tell people. <laughs> ECT is the defibrillator of the brain. When, they, when our heart right. stops, they shock us. Well, when my neurons in my brain are not firing correctly, they need to be rebooted. And that's what shock therapy does. It reboots and realigns the neurotransmitters in my brain. It, it, it is almost literally an electronic reboot. That's it. Of the operating system. Absolutely. It's, and, and it's done. I, I don't want our listeners to have this, these images of the old insane asylums, you know, with people yeah. screaming and flailing about. This yeah. is done in a medical setting. In a very humane, controlled kind of a process. Yeah. You have anesthesia, a muscle relaxant, and it's it's painless. It's absolutely painless. Right. If you've ever had a colonoscopy, that's worse. 100% because I've had that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All of us over 50 have, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or we should have. Right. Go do that too, but that's not what the show's about. No, no, no. <laughs> and then your other book. Oh, and the other book is Mental Health Recovery Boosters, How to Sustain Mental Wellness, because I believe we need a boost every day. We need a way to say, okay, how am I going to stay on track today and stay mm-hmm. well? And so there's little, in this book, you just open it up and you say, what message do I need today? And you thumb through the pages and each, each page is a new idea for you to think about. Right, which is similar to the mini book, which it you is. can thumb through by, by the alphabet. Which letter of the alphabet is going to serve me best today? This all assumes something, Carol, that I think we should make very, very clear and explicit. And that is that our focus, where, where our focus is, is going to determine a lot of the outcomes. Now, can you address that for just a moment? Sure. As I said earlier, I focused for 10 years on being ill. And I decided after 10 years of being ill, I was going to focus on staying well. And I was going to do whatever I could to to actually stay in wellness. And so that meant focusing on exercise and focusing on taking my medication and going to my talk therapy when I needed it. But it also meant meant on taking care of myself every day, giving myself a mental health booster every morning. And I do that by journaling, by writing attitude, uh, gratitudes. I, I have a gratitude journal that I write in every single day, five gratitudes from the day before. And so I'm setting myself up for a more joyful, grounded day. With that being your purpose, your intention, your focus. My, that's my absolute intention. I am, I am, all of my intention is on wellness. How do I keep myself well? May I point out that this is a different focus from anti-depression? Yes. 
I'm, I still take anti-depression medication every day. I can't forget that. All right. That's part of my. Right. Treatment. But, I but your just, focus isn't on fighting depression. Your focus is on creating and inviting into your life wellness. Wellness. Absolutely. I often say I, I want you to go from illness to wellness. It's a jump. And for some people, that jump is harder than others. Yes. But it makes all the difference. Oh, it, my God. It's it given 17 well years now, Dr. Paul. 17 well years. Right. With depression. Yes, with depression. I live with depression and, and major depressive disorder and general anxiety disorder. That's what I live with. Okay? And yet you're just... Wellness with that disorder, with those disorders. I love it. I love that. Mm -hmm. you're, you've decided, okay, yeah. I'm not going to let this depression be the king or queen of my <laughs> world, of my life. It's a thing. It's a, it's like, you know, it's other part of, part of me. It's part of me. You know, right. I have long arms, long legs. All right. And I have depression. That Those are all things. They don't, none of one, not one of those things defines me, but together they create it, me. It's just all part of a package. That's it. Love it. That perspective is so healthy. And as, as a practicing psychologist, I have seen that this is very consistent throughout my entire career that well, one of my friends says it this way, what we focus on, we feel what we think about comes about. Yep. It, it matters. Oh, so, it sure does. Our, our, our mental attitude, our attitude towards anything. Life is 85% attitude. Right. So Carol, you teach about boosters could you share a few of your, your favorite? You mentioned a few as you were going through your morning routine. What are some that, that our listeners might be able to start with as they shift their focus to, to wellness? Um, give us a few of your favorites, would you? Well, uh, one, one of my favorites is brush off the cobwebs of your dreams. You have dreams? What are those dreams? What is the first step that you can take to help that dream come true? So you're not talking about the dream I had last night. You're no, talking no. about I'm talking about the goals. Aspirations. I, yeah, aspirations. What did I, you know, when I was younger, what did I think I would be doing? Well, why not do it now? <laughs> Wait a minute. Now you're doing crazy talk. Uh, we can pull up our old dreams? We can. And not only can we pull up our own dreams, but we can actually surpass, surpass our dreams. Whoa. <sighs> what a concept. Isn't that interesting? You know so, what? Okay. Uh, rather than being, see, sometimes I, I know I've done this myself, mm -hmm. and I know a lot mm -hmm. of people who have. Those dreams, you know, life will beat you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, if it's depression or if it's a bankruptcy or if it's a divorce or if it's whatever, right? A heart problem. And, and as life beats us up, we take those dreams and we stick them on a shelf where they gather the cobwebs and the dust. And we mm -hmm. have a story that we can't do that. You're saying, get them off the shelf. Get them off the shelf. Try them. Blow the dust off. Yeah. Let's see, let's see what we can do with this thing now them a little bit let's see what we can do and many times those dreams 
even they they turn into even bigger and and more robust dreams because we once we bring them off the shelf things around us have changed so much well maybe we need to adjust our dreams to the time that we live in now sure and maybe there are resources we didn't even know were available mm-hmm. especially at our increased state of wisdom and experience yeah hmm. not to mention we now have google <laughs> <laughs> the source of all knowledge the source of everything yeah. Wow. Love it. So dust off the dreams. What else? How about gaining comfort by letting go, letting go of the past? Or how about <laughs> letting go of, of the of past traditions? This was very important to me because I would spend lots and lots of time baking cookies for the holidays and making myself absolutely a nervous wreck. And so uh. I go of some of those traditions and created easier traditions. So you're not talking about joyful traditions that you enjoy. You're talking about the ones you feel obliged to do just because it's a tradition. You bet. You can let go of those? Yeah, you can absolutely just say, you know, just let them go. And you know what? People (laughs) around you are not going to like it much. They're not going to like it because they, they like traditions. But interestingly enough, when you let go of those things you really don't want to do, you find more joy and peace and contentment. And people may not like it, but on the other hand, you may inspire them to let go of something that's burdening them. Fine. Well, you know, just this year, I gave up baking Christmas cookies because that was a tradition. And my sister said, because I gave up I gave her the courage to stop writing Christmas cards. Wow. Hmm. Now, we're not talking about something that you enjoy or that you look forward to. Hang on to those. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. You want to hang you want to you want to find you want to find your I call your joy boosters. What are your joy boosters? You don't ever want to let go of your joy boosters cuz they keep you happy. Mm-hmm. Letting go of a tradition, one that doesn't serve you well. Right. Beautiful. I think we got time for another one. Do you have another favorite you'd like to just pull out? Yes. Here's one. Take back your day. Take back your day. Tell us about that. So when you take back your day, what I say to you is you look at your day as an opportunity. Well, for uh-huh. this year, my word is adventure. And so I look at my every single day as an adventure. So tomorrow I will write in my gratitude journal, what was the adventure that I had the day before? So I want you to take back your day. I know, Dr. Paul, you're laughing at me because you think this person is over the top. You are totally nuts, Carol. I know. In a way that is so joyful and refreshing. I hope we can all adopt some of that. Because I love this. You're framing now your experiences today Today. as an adventure. Right. And so, you know what? Maybe I'm going on a detour because they're always doing road work, but I Mm -hmm. never saw that part of town. Right. There's a great Italian restaurant there I'd never visited. (laughs) (laughs) And and what else could we discover if we just simply... Take back the day. 
Take back your day. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Carol, that is fun. And this is what, what you've included in your book, especially the, the, the boosters, the recovery, recovery book. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. How can people find your books or you? Would your website be the best place to go? Well, the website has everything on it. And the website will, okay. there's a lot of really good resources for you to go onto the website. And plus, you can get your books on the website. But here's a little secret that many authors don't want to tell you, but your books are much less expensive on Amazon than they are on our website. On the website. So I yeah. tell people go to Amazon and my books are, um, are, are they're all eBooks. And also, nice. um, will I ever be the same again? We have as an audio book. Oh, beautiful. So we can listen to it in the car while we're exercising. Right. Wonderful. The website folks is Carol. Kivler, spelled C-A-R-O-L-K-I-V-L-E-R. Did I get that right, Carol? CarolKivler.com. And everything related to mental illness recovery, mental health boosting, which is even a better focus. Mm-hmm. You can find it through CarolKivler.com or on Amazon. Excellent. Carol, thank you so much for joining me today at Live On Purpose Radio. It was my absolute pleasure because anytime I can be a, a hope booster for others, I, I, grab, I grab onto it. <laughs> that is your adventure for today. It truly is. <laughs> Wonderful. Folks, you've heard it from the expert on mental wellness, Carol Kivler. It's time. Go live on purpose. <laughs>